Well, 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 welcome to another episode of the Fearless Parody Podcast Show. You know, parody doesn't come with a manual. It either does parody a child, preteen, or teenager. In fact, parody is very scary. It can cause every parent out there to be fearful, me included. The goal, the purpose of this podcast is to provide you with information and resources that help you overcome family life struggles difficulties and challenges and to be able to parent fearlessly. So every week we provide information and resources to help grow your parental leadership while growing the leadership of your child, preteen, or teenager. In short, we are here to help you and your children become the best versions of yourselves. So get ready and dive right in to today's episode. All right, I want to welcome all my moms, dads, and guardians back. I have back with me Alan and Alexis Tanner. Uh, just to remind you that they are parents of five young children ranging in age from 11 to age four. Man, these are some brave parents. They're <laughs> one guy of being the Brady Bunch. We were laughing about that in the previous episode. Now, they love talking about and researching the best parenting tips and seeing if those tips work in their own family. And they love sharing those tips with others. They believe family is important and they love finding ways to help parenting be a little bit more simple and a lot more enjoyable. So without further ado, here's Alan and Alexis. Thank you for being back with me one more time and for being willing to pour into my mom's dads and guardians. So when we left last time, I, I was listening to you talk about the resources that you have available. And I do want to ask you a little bit more about parenting, but I got to ask you about the love languages. I picked up all that. That is so important because, well, Ellen and Alexis' children are different. Okay, they take in information differently. I'm a D, okay? The world wants to shoot me. There's probably about 3% of us in the world. I'm a D on the disc scale. I'm a dominant type person. But I have a daughter that's an I. Yes. Life of the party. Mm-hmm. And she loves, and she's a people person, and she's not big on details. But I got a son that is big on details, being high functioning autistic. My wife is an S. She's the opposite of me, but boy, do I need that opposite. <laughs> I'm weak. She is so strong in those areas. And, and so we balance off of each other uh, so well. And she's kept me sane for 27 years, working on 28. And so talk to us about the importance of love languages and parody kids. Yeah. So I feel like as adults, we're talked about love languages a lot. I think especially in marriage, you know, like talk, find out what your spouse's love language and how you can um, show them love in the way they want to be loved. And I feel like talking about your children's love language isn't out there as much. And I wanted to find more ways to connect with our children. And with, you know, five kids, they're all very different from each other and they all have different likes and dislikes. And so, yeah. (laughs) And so, um, 
I wanted to find ways to connect with them in the, in the way that they wanted to. And so there are like little quizzes online and stuff to help you kind of figure out what your child's love language is, but really just kind of observing them too is another way just to see what they like or just asking them simple questions, almost like a, would you rather, you know, like, Oh, if, would you rather have a treat or would you rather go to the movies? You know, and you can kind of get a feel for what they like. And then um, I put together just a bunch of different ideas that I had or that I found like on the internet and stuff like that. And some that we, we figured out on our own, but of just going through those five different love language languages. And then once you identify what your child is, you can, you know, look at that and say, okay, I can do for this for my kid, or this is a good way that I can connect with my kid. Well, y'all could actually have a conversation with them in a way that actually matters and connects with them. And my mentor, John Maxwell always says, you know, Everyone communicates, but not everyone connects. But when you do connect, there's influence. And, uh, mm-hmm. and leadership, particularly parental leadership, uh, is all about influence. So you need to connect with your children when you communicate with them. And so now I'd like to touch on something about patience, mm-hmm. particularly being patient in parenting. Because as we talked about last episode, I'm willing to bet none of those five kids that you have entered the world with a parenting manual. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I wish. Uh, And and in that parenting manual, it said, okay, you need to be patient with child number one, two, three, four, five. Uh, There is no such thing, but you do need to be patient with your children. So talk to us about what that looks like and why we need to be more patient in our parenting. Yeah. I, so what's interesting is Alexis and I both considered ourselves very patient and then we had kids. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, so like I said, I came, I was third of six growing up and I was the kid that was, you know, volunteering to sit in the back seat because it would just make everybody happy. You know, I, I was good at bringing peace um, to, to crazy situations. And then all of a sudden had kids and, it felt like I had lost my muju, you know, like I, I just, I was stressed and, and concerned and worried about these kids in a way that I never had been before. And I think it's because now I'm in charge and I saw them as little reflections of me and if I was doing a good job. Um, so one of the things we've learned through this journey of podcasting and learning is, as, as we go um, is that you have to have the right expectations so often you want your your three year old to act more like you know a twenty four year old, and it's just not going to happen, right? So you have to have realistic expectations, <laughs> man. And so I, I think we talked a little bit about that last time. You just you've got to expect the messes, you've got to expect the tantrums. They're learning and they don't know, and so lower expectations is a good start, so that you're not. Um, it just helps you take everything um, in stride. If you realize this isn't my kid being difficult, this is my kid being three or five or 11. Mm-hmm. You're being so- mindful. It's something of uh, a previous guest that I had, Susie uh, John, she says you have to be mindful in the mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, something else that we um, have learned is to be. Um, the tuning fork is what we had somebody um, interviewed on our podcast. And she talked about that. You need to be the tuning fork in your family. You're in charge of being the calm, like you're setting the tone, you know, and 
if your kids are getting frustrated and crazy and you get frustrated and crazy too, then you're just, you know, feeding off each other and things get out of control. And so that's one of our jobs as being parents is to keep the calm, even though things are crazy around us. Yeah. And that's, go ahead, Allie. Go I ahead. was just going to say, and that's hard, right? We, yes, we don't want parents to feel like we're perfect at that. In fact, a lot of what we talk about is how we're not perfect at it. Um, but even, even if you can do that, you know, 30% of the time, it feels really good to get that right. And I think it models good behavior for your kids too. Just this, just this morning, actually. And I don't say that like it happens every morning, but it happened to happen this morning where my son was just losing his mind because he was getting left out of, <laughs> of, of a game his siblings were playing. And he felt like he was, um, you know, not being justly served. And, and so he was, screaming at me because I didn't understand. And for one of the rare times I was able to just listen and understand where he was coming from and say, I get it. You're frustrated, but I didn't get frustrated. And that was a breakthrough for me, right? That was a good moment for me where I kept my cool and he, he's not used to that, right? He kept coming at me, trying to rile me up and I just stayed calm. And eventually he stormed off upstairs and went to his room. And 10 minutes later, Alexis knocked on the door and he was, he was okay. He had calmed down. And so that's what we mean by that tuning fork. If you set the tone, it's hard. It's hard um, when other people don't come to your level, you, you tend to drift towards them, right? And so if you hold your ground and stay calm, even when things around you aren't, people get that and they, they naturally gravitate to where you're at. Yeah, that, that is difficult. And I love what you two are saying that you don't have to be perfect because this is not <clears throat> about being perfect perfect or perfection in any ways they don't come with a manual so uh newsflash you're gonna make mistakes right <laughs> right gonna fall on your face yeah. call it for what it is yeah for your kids call it for what it is uh if you gotta apologize apologize but i love the fact that you realize hey i i, I gotta be the the calm one here because Alan and Alexis, y'all are the chief role models for your kids. And for them to be able to know how to be calm in the midst of a storm, they got to see it in y'all. And and thank you, too, for your willingness to be calm in a storm because it's not easy, is it? No, No, not at all. (laughs) One of the great things about kids, too, is that they are so forgiving. And if you yeah. make a mistake, which we definitely will. And like you said, if you, if you apologize to them afterwards, they are so quick to forgive and move on. And we're going to keep making mistake after mistake, but they're at their age. They're willing to let you make those mistakes and can both of you can grow together. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. And uh, I, I had a friend on uh, a couple of months back and uh, his name was Aaron Huey. And Aaron was, he said, you know, even when my kids left out of, the school age years, it went into young adulthood that there was no parenting manual for him there. And so he would just tell his uh, kids, say, Hey, uh, I have no idea how to be parent of a 20 something. I have no idea. So I'm just telling you ahead of time, I'm going to mess it up. And what I do, I'm going to apologize, uh, be patient with me and go on. But that happens all throughout parenting, and I'm willing to bet with that 11 year old, you found for 11 years, you 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 fell down, got back up, learned from it, moved on, fell down again, learned from it, 
<laughs> yeah. so it repeated the cycle or am I wrong? Yeah, you know? no, that's definitely right. Yep. Luckily, I think for our four-year-old, she's getting a better version of us. So we're learning. It's slow, but we're learning. <laughs> oh, after all the hit misses, misses of the uh, other four. Right. <laughs> hey, uh, and on that, we, we'll move on. Let's talk about traditions and, uh, and family rituals and the importance of having both of those. Because I think in today's world, we're we're missing those. We're we're missing those traditions, and, and we're missing having those rituals. And, and I'm not talking about like religious rituals, but you know, just observances of of holidays and things of that nature. So speak to that and why it's so important. We love family traditions. Um, I think Alan's family had a lot of traditions growing up and we've kind of brought some of those into our own family. Um, I feel like my family had some less. So we've, we've also just kind of created some traditions for our own family too. But what I love about that is that it's just something that we can do with our family that gets them excited to be together. Um, so for example, we, my family is Irish. My great grandparents were Irish immigrants. And so we love celebrating St. Patrick's day. And so we do a big dinner and, you know, and we remember those Irish ancestors. And so it's just a way for us not only to connect with our, um, where our family came from, but also a way for us to connect as a family together. Um, and so we love to do things like that just to get kids excited for holidays, but also like the family fun night that we do every week. Like that's also a tradition, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's a, something we're doing every week together too. And just creating that family time. And I think that goes back to the environment that y'all were, that we were discussing in the previous uh, episode of having that type of environment that it encourages your kids to be friends with each other and to better interact with each other and that is so incredibly important and uh hey i want to say great job y'all, y'all still got a long ways to go right. <laughs> that 11 yeah. year old has at least seven more years before they hit 18 and, yeah. and, and, and they're about to jump into the preteen so that's <laughs> that's right yeah. <laughs> that's right and hopefully doing these traditions Starting as young, I hopefully like as they get older, they'll still want to do them too. Um, yeah. But yeah, we've been trying to do a lot of these things since they were young children. And so it, I, hopefully it's just a part of like, yeah, this is what we do as Tanners, you know, like this is what our family does. Mm-hmm. Well, speak to those little daily rituals like breakfast time, and yeah. getting everybody up and out of the door in the morning, setting down for a meal and getting everybody there and getting them fed you know, those little daily rituals that you've got to go through, aren't those just as important? Yeah, I think they totally are. And and they are hard in a lot of ways, right? Like those, in in some ways, it's easier to do the Christmas traditions because it's once a year, you gear up and you do it. But those daily things come at you every single day. And, um, but for that reason, they're even more important. Um, So there's a couple that we, you know, it's, it's kind of like the eye of a hurricane. Everybody wakes up at a different time and in a different mood and they're all doing their own thing. And then we have this moment where everybody's at the table at eight o'clock. We do scriptures, we eat breakfast, and then the hurricane's back and everybody's, everybody's doing their thing and they're off to, to get ready for school. We, we try and do the same thing at night um, where, again, we try and get everybody together 
have a prayer together as a family right before everybody goes to bed. But right before and right after is just chaos, right? And so it's finding those little moments of calm that you in, like kind of enforce and, and make happen um, because you know everything else is going to be a mess. And so you find those moments of calm, you make them happen consistently so that you're, you're building that foundation of this is who we are. These are the things that are important to us. Alexis, y'all sound a little bit like storm chasers, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's our profession. <laughs> it does feel right. <laughs> oh, gotta, gotta love it. Hey, Bob's dads and guardians, I told you these two were going to be fun. They are fun. <laughs> They're all about giving us tips on how to have fun in parody. What do you have? One, five, or maybe like Alan, I, I think Alan said he, he comes from a family of 10 and, and then, uh, you know, he, he's had relatives that, that, that had 13 or so. Right. Yep. Small or large environment is important. You don't have to be perfect at it. Yep. You just have to be intentional about it. And I think that's what it gets down to. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. We have you kind of have to think about what do you want your family to look like and what's important to you and then find ways to to incorporate that into your family. Cuz otherwise things just happen and the day is going to happen anyway. But if you don't have those intentional moments throughout the day, they're just they're just not going to be there. Well, moms and dads as we draw to an end of this episode, I want you to hear what Alexis just said and those are words of strong encouragement for you. You can do this and you don't have to do it just like Alan and Alexis. You can do you and be just as effective. You just have to be willing to be intentional about it. So again, I want to challenge you, go to the podcast description because we're going to have some links to Alan and Alexis. As a matter of fact, Alan, Alexis, how can they find you? And what links can they go to to be able to connect with you? Yep. If if you like to listen, which because you're here, we think you do, you can find us on any podcasting app. We're at Parenting in Real Life Podcast. And we also have a website. So if you're looking for resources and want to dive deeper or you want some, some tangible things that will help you, we have a ton of resources. Um, most recently, we are going through a month with no screens. Um and we're not going to do it forever, but right now we want to. We wanted to kind of disconnect and get our kids to remember that they're kids and and use their imaginations. But we know that's hard, and so Alexis made some awesome resources with thirty different things you can do inside and thirty th- different things you can do outside that don't involve a screen. So go to our our website. It's um, parentingirlpodcast.com. And don't worry, Alan, we're going to put the link there. So all they have to do is click and go. I love it. But I want to thank both of you for taking the time to be on my podcast today. You've been outstanding guests. And I hope one day that I can call you back in. And and if you have the opportunity, I would even like to come on your show. If you want to take an older gentleman who and I had kids in 20-something, I'd be happy to uh, come on. But I do want to thank you for being on this podcast and providing such a valuable resource of information and tips to my parents. Thanks so much, Yeah, thank you for having us. Hey, you're more than welcome. Well, that does it for us for this particular episode. 
I want to thank you again for listening. And until the next time we get together, God bless. Well, that concludes another awesome episode. Please, please check out the podcast description where you'll find links to family and parenting resources. And I want to thank you, moms, dads, and guardians, for listening to today's Fearless Parenting Podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show and that it added value to you and your family. And I want to leave you with something that was once said by two-time Nobel Prize recipient Marie Curie, who once said that nothing in life is to be feared. It's only to be understood. Now is the time to understand more so that we may fear less. That is why we have this show, to help you understand more about parenting so that you can fear less. So I want to challenge you, like I always do, to go forth and fearlessly parent. God bless.